Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. My name is Charles Laux, and I'm your host. Today, we are here with Mr. Carl Boots from Beckendorf Junior High School in Katy, Texas. Welcome, Carl. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. That's great, and uh, we are so glad uh, that you're able to join us. Uh, Carl is a superstar teacher uh, down in in Texas, and... uh, we have been friends for uh, quite a few years now. I don't, even, I don't even remember when we first um, met, but um, I've always enjoyed learning from, from Carl and seeing his sessions at TMEA and ASTA, and I thought he would be a wonderful uh, guest for everybody to uh, listen to and learn from this week. So, um, Carl, why don't you just uh, start maybe telling us a little bit about your, uh, your background, your training, your education, and um, you know, some of your, uh, your, your current teaching assignment? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Seattle, Washington, and I came from a musical, I come from a musical family and, uh, my parents both taught music. My mom was a general music teacher before going to the classroom and becoming a principal. And then my dad taught band and choir and worked some with orchestra before going into, uh, the financial sector and doing computer programming. They're both retired now. But I grew up with that musical background, and so um, I was surrounded by him giving private trumpet lessons, my mom giving private flute lessons. I always heard music from a young age. Um, I formally started my musical training um, with violin lessons at the age of eight. I was in third grade. Third grade, okay. Yeah. My mom took me to an elementary school concert. She was just checking out um, the orchestra director there because at that time they were considering having this orchestra teacher come to teach at the school that my mom was teaching at. Mm. And so she's like, you want to go to the concert? It's like, absolutely. Um, and so I went and I was captivated by the open strings of the violin. This was elementary school. And um, right. this, it, I lived next door to my grandparents. So my grandpa had a violin in his oh. closet and I had always played around on the violin. But of course it was a full size violin, which was too big for me. So at a young <laughs> age, I would play the violin like a, you know, a cello and just kind of dink around. He would play it for fun. But after that elementary school concert, I, I ran next door, got the violin. I pulled out some of my dad's old um, music teaching method books and started to just teach myself. Wow. Um, and third grade. Yeah. Because I played <laughs> piano okay. already and, um, just knew how to read music and just figured it out. And then I just remember telling my parents, I really, I really want lessons. So um, they had the teacher who was that elementary school director oh, cool. start teaching mm-hmm. at my school. And so I did, you know, pull out lessons and uh, the orchestra I joined, even though it wasn't open until, you know, you were in fourth grade. She let me in as yeah. a third grader. 
and then I just took it wow. from there, you know. So I was participating uh-huh. in U Symphony, um, studied with Michael Miropolsky in Seattle Symphony. Um, then after graduation, um, I went to Indiana University, Jacob School of Music, and right. uh, did music education for my undergrad, and studied with Yaval Yaron, Nelly Skolnikova, and Mimi Zweig. And, yeah, you got uh, great teachers. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then um, after doing um, the undergraduate in music education, there was a huge part of me. Half of me is um, a performer. <laughs> the other half mm-hmm. of me is, a, is an educator. I like both equally well. Uh, yeah. that just really wanted to do performance. And at that time, um, I was participating in festivals. I played in National Repertory Orchestra, Spoileto Festival, uh, the National Orchestra Institute. And so I did my master's in violin performance where I studied with Mimi Zweig, uh, just did a lot of chamber music there, um, taught quite a bit for the Indiana University String Academy, worked with the summer program, immersed myself in uh, just that string academy culture, worked a lot on pedagogy with Dr. Brenda Brenner, who was yeah. on the music ed faculty there, um, just enjoyed it a lot. And then mm-hmm. uh, it came time to figure out what to do with my life after master's. <laughs> and I actually had a really bad arm injury. I had what's called thoracic outlet syndrome. And mm-hmm. I remember uh, in the practice room working on my master's recital and I was sawing away on Sibelius and it's just my left arm would just burn and burn and burn and burn and first they thought it would be tendonitis and I was like Uh uh no so finally I went to a hand doctor and he was a hand specialist who had me put both hands up in the air and then my left hand just went immediately pale and he's like yeah you have thoracic outlet syndrome so they did Doppler tests at the hospital just to check to see and anyway it was it's a common um, wow. Injury with I've people. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's common for people who hold uh, objects up above, you know, such okay. as, you know, factory yeah. workers and yeah. or, you know, violin and violists. So this, it just, the arm would go numb. So I had yeah. to so go how long did it through take you a little to, to bit of. that? Yeah. I had a deferred graduation. Um, oh. And to be honest, it was a little depressing because as a master's student, I. I I really wanted to do performance. I was on the route to do orchestra. I wanted to do orchestra um, mm-hmm. as a career. I knew teaching was a meal ticket. I but right. for my, for my young mind, I wanted to you know take orchestra auditions, and that's really what I wanted to do. And so then I remember having a heart to heart talk with Mimi Zweig, um, who was my professor at the time, and I remember her saying, yeah. you know, Carl. Um, where do you think you're going to have the most impact? She's like, you could work hard, you would win auditions, but you're going to be sitting on stage with the same 100 people, or you could actually go out into the classroom and inspire thousands of people. Wow. And it was at that point that I realized uh, physically my body just cannot handle doing what I I wanted to do. And so it came to a point where I needed to look for jobs. And so the first job I applied for was through the ASTA um, job opportunity website. So I moved down That's to That's how Houston I got mine and, too. <laughs> yeah. It's a great resource. Yeah. Um, and so at that time, you know, I just was taking the job hunt nationwide. And um, I had always heard some Texas ensembles perform at Midwest Clinic. And they seemed very strong. And I had friends at Indiana who came from Texas and 
spoke yeah. highly of some of the school districts. And so um, I worked at Cypress Fairbanks School District, which is here in Houston, yeah. and mm-hmm. and did one year at a middle school. Then I was recruited to go teach at Carmel uh, Middle School in Carmel, Indiana. And then I uh, started doing my doctoral coursework in music education at Indiana. Okay. And um, it was just kind of going back to the womb, I guess, because then again, I was studying with Mimi. So I was doing performance and um, working with the String Academy and, and doing coursework. Now, how many uh, years did you teach? How many years did you teach before was, you went back I, to do your doctoral work? Two. Okay. Two. Yeah, two. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I taught for String Academy. Um, it was great to do violin as well, again, because it was just an opportunity to explore a lot of repertoire yeah. um, that I would never have the opportunity to do um, had I not gone back to do doctorals. Um, uh-huh. And then uh, then uh, in 2010, I had finished coursework and I needed work and employment. So <laughs> um, at that time, the recession was kind of bouncing around and right. it was hard to get work so again I, I took my job hunt nationwide hoping to get something and I had uh, the music supervisor in, in Sci Fair um, where I used to teach down in Houston say well we, are, we have a new school open um, and so I interviewed for it took it because I knew the Texas system and I, I really wanted to get my uh, foot back in the Texas door Right. And that really was the only job that was opening up at that time because teaching was so scarce. There were just so much, cut, yes. so many cuts going on at that time. It was challenging for sure. It, it was. Uh, so then I taught at Smith Middle School, which was um, a, a program of about 150 to 170 students. I taught there three years. And then um, in 2013, the Beckendorf Junior High Orchestra Program the head director position opened up and um, I jumped on that job opportunity and I've been at Beckendorf now uh, since 2013. Right. And then my latest gig that I just took this month is I'm going to open up a brand new high school in the same district, Katy ISD, um, which stands for independent school district. I don't know mm-hmm. what they're independent from, but that's what they call it here <laughs> in Texas. <I> know. <laughs> And um, so I'll be opening up a brand new campus. Wow. Um, the school is called Jordan High School. And oh, its yeah. first year will open with ninth and 10th grade, about 1,200 students. And we're looking at a membership right now of about 80 to 90 students, which is pretty okay. strong for its first yeah, year. That's great. That's it, great it, it for only be, two grades. Yeah. And it will be quite a change coming from Beckendorf where our, our numbers have been around 255 students. Right, yeah, and I have a full time yeah. assistant. So, um, well, congratulations to yeah. you on that on yeah. that new job. And I, I know, um, knowing you, it's just going to be fantastic and uh, all that it can be. Um, and I'm just going to brag on you a little bit. Um, okay. I've been I've been teaching. This is my 24th year, and um, I've heard a lot of groups play. I've done a lot of judging and been to Asta and Midwest. And your your Junior high orchestra when they played at Midwest was that 2017? It was 2015. 15. Oh, that was that long ago. Holy cow, time flies. That that yeah. performance was so inspiring, and um, probably and I tell I tell this story to a lot of people, the best middle school orchestra I've ever heard. 
Well, thank and, you. Uh, that does not uh, definitely does not come lightly uh, from me, but it's uh, it was it was very inspirational, just amazing. So, um, ladies and gentlemen out there, if you're listening, you get to hear uh, Carl's group. Uh, they just he just does an amazing job um, with them in terms of uh, you know rhythmic accuracy and intonation and musicality. It's it's just all there. It's all there. So yeah. Um, just wanted to put that out there. Uh, it's it's quite a, quite remarkable what you do, and and uh, always get to enjoy on that you do. So um, so you're starting this job. Have you your students know and everybody knows and yeah. If they, if so, they don't, they're gonna know now. Yeah <laughs> yeah no no the the word is out. Uh, actually okay. actually told them on my birthday, which is February 10th, and. <laughs> It was kind of a weird, I had to tell him, my principal was like, you need to tell right. him either if you, you tell him right now or they're going to find out because yeah. you know it's, how word leaks and everything. Um, well, you want him to hear it from you and not through the grapevine yes. and you yeah. know, that you could be yeah. heartfelt that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Overall, I work with some pretty resilient kids who have been through a lot and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so, you know, me leaving wasn't overly emotional for them, but there there is some sadness, of course. You know, sure. divorce is never easy, so to speak. But, um, yeah, it's been a good run. You're right. Beckendorf, we performed at the Midwest Clinic in 2015. Um, in 2019, we were the Texas State Champion Orchestra for Junior High. Wow. Um, we've been National Honor Orchestra winners. Um, we just won the 2019 Houston Cup. Uh, and so there's just a lot of accolades with the group, right. but I can also tell you that there's depth in the program. I don't focus on the top group. Like mm-hmm. really my concentration is on the beginners. Like, well, that's, I, I, that's awesome. Yeah. I put more yeah. energy into that group and I think, well, I, I know. As well. I mean, I, yeah. I have, I, in, in my program, I have everything from the, in the kids who really are struggling with just essential posture and hand position issues to kids that, you know, are playing, you know, whatever grade six literature we want to be able to play. So, but you're right, you know, you have to take care of everybody and you have to, and, and I enjoy so much the beginning pedagogy. So I still get to do that even at the high school level. Yep. Um, I still have that. And and it's, it's my, it's probably my favorite part of the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mine too. When I was at IU, I, I taught string techniques, Mm -hmm. um, for music education majors and, and, that's really where I um, began to take the ideas of Mimi's Wag because at that time I was helping her um, edit the stringpedagogy.com, which, at, mm-hmm. which, gosh, that's like 15, 17 years ago, which was DVD. Right. DVD wrong. <laughs> now, it's, and now it's been bought out and it's on, oh, okay. online for free. Um, Wow. But, you know, I, I was taking her ideas and Paul Rowland and Suzuki and then my own ideas and, I, like, how do you put them into a, a public school setting? Because mm-hmm. um, I think I think it's just interesting. And so, uh, anyhow, yes. So, uh, back to musical background. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that. I am a violinist. That's my uh, main instrument. I do play mm-hmm. piano. I okay. do composition as well. My music. Yeah, is... you have some great compositions. You Thank you, you publish yeah. through your publisher is what? What is your publisher's name again? Musica Propria. Okay. Yeah, and you and... can find them on I- I- any any uh, music retail. But they, I know my music is listed on JW Pepper's site. Great. Um, and on their own website as well, musicapropria.com. And you've written uh, all different levels. You have, you have, yeah. you have, you have grade yeah. ones and and that two out there. 
Yeah, Greek okay. twos through um, through full symphonic works, um, and and so yeah I, yeah, I think most of my compositions uh, have been uh, played or premiered at the Midwest Clinic, which has been a really fantastic opportunity. Well, I've heard um, several of them. They're just gorgeous, gorgeous music. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, com- composition's been big for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I I first formally studied composition when I was at Interlochen uh, in Michigan. And uh-huh. as a high school student, I was um, taking music theory lessons and finale lessons with uh, Jerry Piger, who at that time taught at Seattle Pacific University. Okay. And he worked in the finale music lab. And so um, I was... I have been composing, honestly, since a very young age, like third grade, just, you know, dinking around with melodies. And he he was the person who took time to say, like, well, let's write this down. And he let me come to the computer labs and uh, do full orchestra, orchestration on finale and and learn how Mm -hmm. to use that computer program. Okay, so then fast forward to Interlochen, they had a composition competition say that several times. Um, and so on a whim, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just enter this this piece that I've been working on. And so it was selected um, for a reading with the World Youth Symphony Orchestra. And I just remember hearing the music for the very first time. And I, I was a member of World Youth Symphony. And so I was playing my own piece. But I just remember it started sh- shaking because it was just like this weird weird reaction like i'm nervous as to what people are going to think but then it was just so beautiful to hear like your music come to life that was not finale midi (laughs) right (laughs) yeah it's hard hard uh, to sometimes hard to recreate those things with the the software instruments for sure right well especially in the 90s uh right i was was a high school student and so um yeah, that, that sealed the ticket right then and there. And he was like, yeah, I love composing. And so I just kept it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And then um, my friend, uh, Sue Han, who's now at Baldwin-Wallace University, yep. um, uh, he commissioned me to write a piece for Carmel High School in 2009 to be mm-hmm. performed at the new McCormick Place um, for Midwest Clinic. That was the first right. year that... Midwest Clinic moved to McCormick Place, and Carmel was the first performing group, so I wrote a fanfare called McCormick Fanfare. So that's my first cool. published piece, and um, if people are wondering, like, what is this title, there you go, McCormick is McCormick yeah. Place. And uh, and then I just had a fortuitous start, you know, and, and just been doing it since then. Yeah. And then uh, another recent thing is I'm also a published author. For book writing, I just had a book published called Achieving Musical Success in the String Classroom through Oxford University Press. Okay. Um, And that's available through Oxford, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you want to buy a book, you can get it. I mean, it's also put on J.W. Pepper. Okay. Um, uh, Tell us us a little bit about uh, about the book and, you know, some of the content and, uh, you know, the process it took and you know all that Mm -hmm. yeah so the premise of the book is essentially everything i do in the classroom um Mm -hmm. how do i take mimi zwai paul roland shinti shisugi how do i take their concepts and put it into a public school um setting 
Um, so I, the first part of the book describes my philosophy, um, everything that, how I approach teaching, uh, how I want my what are, students. What are some of your general principles that you could share with us just in a nutshell? Well, the general principle, I mean, the foremost thing I want for my students is to be able to learn. That's, mm-hmm. that's what they need to do. Like the goal of music string education is to learn. Um, I think I'm surrounded by a lot of programs that emphasize fun, social events, and competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that. And those are, those are great, but um, there's not a lot of learning going on, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Might get in trouble well, I, for saying I, that. I tell my students, that, I that said, was you know, out loud. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I, I have a, a discussion with my students is that you're you're here to to obviously have fun and and learn music, but the we I want you to be independent. I want you to be an independent musician. I want you to be able to see a piece of music and access it and um, react to it and analyze it and figure it out. So that way, when I'm not here, you're still able to make music on your own. Correct. And I think that's that's really, really important. Correct. So um, I go into, I, I, I discuss that. How do you make independent, lifelong musicians? Not just, mm-hmm. you know, musicians that are there for a grade or just for two years or just Learning one year. Learning your three year. pieces for UIL. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, and, and so I talk about that. I talk about beginner setup. How do I incorporate um, Paul Rowland and Zweig into the beginning classroom? Talk about ear training, music theory, history, um, intermediate concepts, rehearsal concepts, testing, assessment. Um, uh, how do you create musicianship? And I Great. present several pragmatic rehearsal ideas. I have tons of um, videos of me teaching these concepts. Cool. And the nice part about technology is that um, on on the Oxford website, they're going to keep adding videos of me teaching, so I can upload them as as I as I want, um, even though Fantastic. the book is in printed form. So, yeah, that's the wonderful thing about yeah. about uh, those digital resources is that you could just keep adding to it and adding to it, and that it, it evolves kind of with with you know what you want to do and correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's several score samples as well that uh, just okay. demonstrate how, how would you teach this, um, how what do you do. Um, so I try to make it as pragmatic as possible. You know, how do you, you know, the Boeing sequence, it matters what you teach and how you teach it um, and how the Boeings are related. Um, mm-hmm. So there's just if someone said, like, what do you do or how does your brain or what do you, I just would probably just say, here's my book. You know, this is my brain. Uh-huh. Um, everything that I I know right now <laughs> right it, it's constantly changing um is in that book and so i just i just hope it is a resource um to help um current teachers future mm-hmm. teachers uh it can be used for private lesson teachers it doesn't need to be for okay. just um string classroom it does say string classroom because you know sure. it's going to be used in the string classroom but you know private teachers might find it useful like how do you start a beginner um, right. and take those concepts but um yeah so that that's the basics of the book yeah and, so, and then when what, how long has that been out when did that come out it was released um around september 1st of 2019 okay so not yeah. even a year good yeah right so definitely check that out yeah 
yeah. So what do you what do you think are some of the the most exciting things happening in music education today, or things that that you're most proud of? You know, teachers accomplishing, or do you have anything that you're, you're particularly? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a heavy question. Um, of course, you're going to get different perspectives, but sure. I think with all the technology, one thing that I find really useful is um, how easy it is now for several teachers to share ideas mm-hmm. um, through social media um, yeah. or uh, it's just immediate. Um, and, and so I think that's exciting. Um, Can you imagine if we had this when we first started teaching? <laughs> it would have helped me a lot. It would have helped yeah. me a lot. And it, it helps me right now. I mean, like, you know, to be honest, like going into high school territory, um, what I'm sure. doing right now is is reaching out to a lot of high school teachers. How do you do this? What do you do? Like, what, in your opinion, what should I be watching out for? Um, I think there's right. value in listening um, and not showing off, but just listening to people and hearing their experiences Absolutely. and deciding deciding how you want to go ahead and implement those ideas or maybe not implement them, but just hearing what people have experienced. I think that that is pretty exciting. And then also it's pretty exciting how easy it is to network now. Yes. Um, I have found that when I go to uh, all these conferences around the nation it's just so and so no so and so or you meet um through like a, a facebook group and then you you're able to meet in person and so um i think that is exciting to to now have the opportunity to it's, it's just easy to meet people it's mm-hmm. easier to meet people um and so i find that probably the most exciting aspect in string education right now for string yeah. teachers yeah yeah, and so um, speaking of networking, are you going to be at the AFTA conference? Uh, I will. Week? Yes, okay. I are will you be there. A session? I am. Yeah, it, I will be on Saturday. Okay, which I believe is March seventh. Um, right. I will be speaking at nine thirty a.m. Okay. and the topic is characteristics of an efficient orchestra rehearsal. So I'm going to discuss awesome. my philosophy and all the ingredients that go into making a really efficient rehearsal. And then I have several videos and score samples um, of me demonstrating several rehearsal ideas that mm-hmm. I have found to be really um, helpful to students and uh, just hearing progress. A lot of times people ask me is, how do you get your groups to sound so musical? Um, mm-hmm. I you think just, You just wave your yeah, wand, right? You just yeah, wave stick and right. it just happens. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tell them, oh, they come that way. You just add water, mix you know, stir and, you know, they just come like that, which could be further from the truth. I, you know, off on a tangent, like Beckendorf is a pretty well-to-do school. Mm -hmm. Um, There's probably less than 10 um, white students in my orchestra. Most of them Mm -hmm. are Asian. Okay. Um, That's just the the makeup of the school, but it's pretty diverse. It's pretty diverse. If you ask me, it's just a different type of diversity. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, so they're well-to-do. But let me tell you, I've taught in Title I schools. I've taught yeah. in schools that are opposite, not heavily Asian, but more Hispanic, Latino, African-American. Mm-hmm. And you know what? In tunes in tune, teaching good technique is good technique. That's right. And it, it does not matter. The, uh, you're going to get the same results. It might take a little bit of time. 
Right. It take, might take, it might take yeah. longer. It might, right. Yeah. But believe it or not, at Beckendorf, the school that has all these championships, and uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of perception that you know they just all take private lessons and they're good <laughs> anyway. And all I do is just go give them like some sort of philosophical idea on how to play something, which can be um, further from the truth. Boy, right. we work hard. And I still have students who just can't read music. I still have students yeah. who have poor posture. I still have students um, who quit a orchestra. Right. You know, I right. have, I have, I have problems that everyone has. It's, it's just, uh, you know, I, I have the ability though, um, because it is a large program and there are several good string students, um, mm-hmm. namely because, you know, I teach well. And then there's, there's that factor when you got good teaching with some students who are motivated, of course, they're going to take off. So, I mean, right. I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with, um, your racial makeup of your orchestra or, um, uh, you know, the anything SES or like anything. That. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. There's challenges. Yeah. There's I, I hear them. I've been sure. there. Yeah. But like, for example, like I, I just judged, um, UIL contest, um, which is a big orchestra, um, evaluation here in Texas, which mm-hmm. is notorious for being, you know, pretty cutthroat and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. It's not. If you teach well, you're going to do well. I mean, you're just yeah. you're just judged on this rubric, and my sure. my kids do well because we I just teach them well. I don't I do not worry about the evaluation. You know, so if right. so what if they don't get a one, it's not the end of the world. They get a two, okay, great. So again, back to like what's the main idea in string education? It's to learn. I don't get upset mm-hmm. about it. There's so many performances and even competitions, quite frankly, that Beckendorf has not won, mm-hmm. believe it or not. And um, and so I always approach it from, well, what did we learn from that competition? And a lot of times it is a great self-evaluation tool for us as directors as perhaps I didn't do this or um, perhaps I, let's say, over-programmed or I'm not teaching this uh, this basic concept in the first year mm-hmm. very well and now it's really really biting me in the butt so yeah. to speak, later <laughs> on i've had that or perhaps i i just missed this this essential component of um, music reading and expecting these students to suddenly be able to do this but right. um, it happens it happens to everybody yeah it does and so you learn through that. But um, I think if you're going to do well, you're going to teach well. Um, sure, different schools um, have different vibes and different challenges. But good teaching is always good teaching. And good teaching is always going to lead to good results. Um, right. And so... Uh, well, it's great to hear you say that. You know, yeah. Like, like uh, you know, the groups that I've heard, I've, I've not gotten to hear all of your groups. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I got to hear your top group. And obviously, that's, that's your... Uh, the, the creme de la creme uh, yeah. of your program, but you know it, it is important for people to to see that uh, the the diversity that you have, you know, in in uh, in your students, but also in in their ability levels and and their motivation and right, um, you know, for people to understand that you know just because a group does get to play at Midwest does not mean that all the classes are that way, and it's a euphoric situation, yeah. you know. <laughs> So there, there is depth to the program. Um, and so that's, that's 
the thing I always tell my kids is like, look, there's a level of orchestra for you, no matter what. That's I'm going to exactly teach you it. to the best. Um, and I, I hope they know that I'm passionate about every single level and, and wanting, wanting to, to help them and, and guide them and assist them to become better. Yeah. Um, and there, and as we all know, I'm preaching to a choir here, but you know, there are certain kids that will excel faster. Sure. And, uh, there, I think, um, hard work is a type of talent. Um, and so I'm always looking for hard workers to be on my top group. I've had a lot of talent, but they don't work hard or they don't yeah. really listen to what I'm saying. They just kind of take it for mm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, the longer I've been at Beckendorf, I've, you know, I've always, um, put a student in who has potential, Mm -hmm. um, to, to do well because they want to be there. They're receptive to my teaching and they progress faster than someone who is not, uh, coachable. Yeah. I've taken, you know, I always take, you take, I I call it kind of taking a chance that, you know, they're, they're hungry kids. They're, they're eating mm -hmm. up everything that you do and, they're taking that yep. initiative to practice and do all that. So you give them that challenge to put them in the next group. And yeah. holy cow, I, I had a girl two years ago, a uh, viola player who showed a lot of promise. And I ended up bumping her up two levels uh, in my program. Mm-hmm. And beginning of the school year, she came to me and she said, Dr. Lox, I just don't think I can do this. I, I just mm-hmm. don't think that I'm ready for this group. I said, mm-hmm. trust me, you are you are hungry. You want this and you uh, have the capability and I know that you have it in you to do it. And she's been a rock star in, the, in that class. And, and next year, she'll be one of the leaders uh, in that class. And um, that's cool. Just really, it's really, it's just really cool to see that. And, you know, whenever someone tells me that now, I just say, well, talk to talk to so and so that this is this is her story. And yeah, she, she's not afraid to tell it too, and, and uh, admit that, mm-hmm. you know, it was scary. But, you know, she, she took that initiative and mm-hmm. uh, took the challenge. And it's been amazing. So Right. I just love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's inspiring. It, it definitely, for me, it wants me to keep, keep teaching and, and keeps me on my toes to like, okay, so now I really got to bump my own teaching game up mm-hmm. so I can provide these students something more. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So what are, yeah. uh, what are some of the things that maybe you're concerned about you see in the, in the profession or, and just in teaching, I know we've talked, talked a, a little bit about some, but are there any, anything that you know kind of concerns you, or things that you're afraid of? I mean, obviously there's the the teacher dropout rate and, yeah. and things like that, but well, you know the uh, the uh, I've I I'll be honest, I thought about leaving the profession myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is frustrating. Um, I think the well, I know the frustrations are. Um, not enough staffing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I have 250 kids. I have a full time assistant with me, but yes. when you when you're at 250, it's kind of like why recruit to get 10 more kids and still not have a third person? Yeah. And, you know, is there like, a formula that they use in your district to yes. assign? Okay, what is the formula? Is it? It's 175 oh. around there is when you get your second person. Okay. And then I've been told it's around 300 is when you get your third person. Got it. So I get that, but I don't get that. I think anyone who's a string orchestra teacher will be like, there's so much going on that you really <laughs> need another person. The administrative, right. the administrative work is problematic. Um, I think mm-hmm. the, the responsibilities that 
um, our government officials are wanting schools to fix. I know right. um, in Texas, uh, there's just, you know, now we have to do character education to combat school violence. Okay. Um, that's a big thing, you know, um, that's required by law just in light of the recent school shootings. So now we have mm-hmm. to do like, so now it's kind of like, okay, now we're supposed to be like ministers of a church. And I mean, there's just like, okay, so there's just a lot to keep track yeah. of. Um, there's a lot of times where I myself have a lot of duties and responsibilities to run a program. And I have found myself not having time namely this year, Mm -hmm. because I'm just, you know, on paper, it looks like I I have a free duty time. Okay, well, (laughs) that duty time is for me to work on the administrative aspects of the work strip, but I've had to been pulled and every day go cover another class. And that's been Uh, really frustrating. Yeah, that is. Um, And so there's, there's, you know, situations like that. And I think all teachers can relate to that. I think a big thing too is um, I have found parents to be a little bit more um uh verbalizing um just Mm -hmm. well i just didn't like the tone of your email or the way you looked at me or i mean we're talking like (laughs) petty stuff to be honest like real petty stuff like at the Mm -hmm. end of the day on a scale of the one to ten like no one is dying like why are we having a discussion about this Mm um uh just so, you know, there's some some kooky parents out there, and I feel like they're a lot more babying at the yes. junior high level. I'm finding kids that are coming in who are not as resilient, or they're asking for help to do simple tasks that are right. just Not common. very independent. They're losing not independence. Not independent, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, or, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see when I go up to the high school level how that pans out. But um, right. There's different. There's different problems, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you know, I I also teach in a more very... relationship problems, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, uh-huh. I have to work problem. Right. You know, there's all these things that, that mm-hmm. come up too, but they're different problems. And uh, yeah. you know, my one of my favorite things is is just helping my students get through life because you know everybody goes through different things, and and uh, my doors. I always tell them my door is always open. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a licensed counselor, but I will listen to you and. Um, happy to help in any way I can. So um, I have quite a few students that come talk to me and it's, it always feels good and it always makes me um, happy and makes me just feel like they're part of the orchestra family. And, um, you know, I want them mm-hmm. to have a place where they're not afraid to come and, and talk, you know. Right, right. So, but it's, it's a lot different than junior high, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, I think the most difficult part of teaching is just for me at Beckendorf, um, we teach from seven o'clock in the morning to, I can't leave school. School gets now, we, we get out of school. They changed our bell times to be really late starts, which I hate. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm there. We do before school rehearsals or sectionals and then school gets out at 4 p.m. And so the er, yeah. the earliest you can even think about leaving is four fifteen, yeah. And then by the time you leave, it's like you're totally drained because you spent nine hours in constant, uh, not chaos, but just constant. It's controlled movement. chaos. It's controlled <laughs> chaos. It, well, it's very controlled chaos at the Beckendorf, uh, but mm-hmm. um, but it's just a lot of bodies, a lot of 
it's a factory. There's not a lot of time to really get to know the kids because yeah. your class sizes are so big. And there's right. just constant, 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 constant going on. And then you get like 20 minutes for lunch and then here they come in again. So it's just this sheer exhaustion. I can see like yeah. um, people saying, uh, no, thank you. Like if, right. if you can't do, like for example, I do about five hours straight teaching in the morning five hours straight is a yeah, long before you before your lunch long time yeah yeah it it's a long yeah, time it is um and then you got all the administrative duties and um anyhow yeah it, it, it i can see why a lot of people would be like this is just not at the end of this it, it's just it drains on your energy because of course you take it home with you and of course you do uh, yeah. you take things personally and we care about what we yep. do so Yep. We go above and beyond and we're yep. working on the weekends and the yeah. evenings and we get up early. So, yep. so I would say like the, uh, of course, you know, the budget's going to determine how many directors you have and then also the responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Texas overall is a wonderful state that supports music education. There's a yeah. lot of support. It's probably one of the best states to support I, education. Of all the places I've been, I can't I can't see any place that that's uh, more supportive and facilities and yeah. um, just yeah, the structure. Mm-hmm. Um and so there's that, but um yeah, and I know a lot of people are not as as fortunate. So yeah. I would just say the concern is the burnout from exhaustion. Right. I get that. I get that. Our, so. our summer breaks are well-deserved. Yes. Sure. You, you earn your summer break, but they're even starting to take that away. You know, like, now right. It's, it's getting shorter, getting uh-huh. shorter. And, Let, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, wow. Well, anything, uh, anything else that, uh, you feel, um, you want to talk about, but, uh, this has been fantastic. I think we've, yeah. um, gotten, a lot of good information from you and learned a lot about you. And, and, uh, I hope everybody listening is, uh, if you haven't met Carl or seen his presentations or his resources, definitely, uh, he, he is one of the top, top teachers in our profession and everybody, uh, definitely could learn a lot from him. I know I have, and I, I use some of your things, um, almost every single day that I've, I've gotten from you. And, um, it's just, it's just awesome stuff. And we well, appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate you as a teacher and, uh, uh, of course, as a, a friend. Uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing you at ASTA. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, if I you will be there. To, that would be great. And, and if uh, any of you out there would like to reach Carl, do you have a website or an email address that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, um, carlbootsmusic.com. Um, you can just Google my name and a lot of things will okay. pop up. And that's K-A-R-E-L. Um, B-U-T-Z music.com yeah yes not the traditional Carl spelling so make sure everybody gets that and Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, yeah so this this has been great and uh, thank you again for for coming on and talking to us and sharing um, all of your wonderful words with um, our audience well thank you for having me yep oh absolutely absolutely we will try to uh, do a podcast episode from Asta that's, that is a goal. Um, I tried to do that at Midwest, and it just did not happen, um, a second one. So uh, it gets busy, and there's lots of people to see and things to do and sessions to go to, but it would be great to maybe get a podcast in from Orlando. 
But uh, this is Charles Oak signing off uh, with our uh, fifth episode of the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Dog We're In, Serenade for Strings, Fourth Movement, March, performed by the Beckendorf Junior High School Honor Orchestra under the direction of Mr. Carl Boots. Thank you.